Welcome again to our Sunday broadcast here at All Nations Church Bedford. We're so pleased that you've joined with us today. And we pray that even now you will encounter the never failing love of your heavenly father towards you and that you will be stirred in faith and worship towards him as we now listen to his word. Today, we continue our new series, which we've called Faith Over Fear, where we're looking at walking by faith in a world that appears so often to scare the life out of us. All around us, there are seemingly good reasons for us to be afraid, not least of all at the moment, things like viruses and sickness, maybe worry over work and jobs and, and therefore money, issues of racism and prejudice that can make us afraid even to walk our streets or step out in confidence in things like education and business. On top of that, we, we have the fears of, of, of having to perform, the pressure of not failing. We fear that we might not be good enough or not able to cope with the stress that comes through these things. Maybe we even realize that our mental health is not great presently and we're afraid of burning out and never recovering. Maybe it's just our families. We're afraid for them. We're afraid for our children. What's happening to them? Who they're with? What are they doing with their lives? And you know, the list seems endless, doesn't it? But you know, here's the good news. As Christians, those who have been ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross, we no longer have to be slaves to fear. We get to walk by faith in the strength of our God. Now that doesn't mean fear is no longer there. It means in spite of fear, we get to live free from its power to paralyze us and rob us of our inheritance and destiny as a child of God. Even as the winds and storms of fear confront us head on, we get to stand in the face of the hurricane and declare the goodness of God. And that is faith over fear. Standing in the hurricane and declaring the goodness of God. So we're going to read some passages to help strengthen our resolve to walk by faith. So if you have your Bible, we're going to read, first of all, from Isaiah 41, verse 10, and then just a couple of chapters on, Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 3, and then just one final verse from Romans chapter 8, verse 15. So let's do that right now. So this is what Isaiah writes. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then just a couple of chapters on Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. 
you are mine. When you pass through the waters or when the hurricane's blowing, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. And then finally, a most amazing verse from Romans chapter 8, verse 15. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. Fear not, don't be afraid, is the command given more times than any other in the Bible. Someone much more bright than myself has worked it out that there are 365 times where we are commanded not to fear. That kind of works out one for every day of the year. And, and I kind of think that's significant. The fact that it is so often repeated tells us that fear is something we have to daily confront. One day, and I guess we're all looking forward to this, there will be no more fear. There'll be no more terror or anxiety, just as God intended in the first place. But right now, the life we live as Christians is by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And part of living that way means not giving fear a foothold in our life. Because this world has become sick with sin, fear is now part of it. And it is the prime tool the devil uses to cripple us and keep us for, from that which we were made to be and do in God's purposes. A few years ago, I had the privilege of visiting Tanzania. And while I was in Dar es Salaam, we stayed in a Carmelite nunnery, amazing place which also served as a guest house. And one day, whilst we were in the reception area, I walked over to the window to look out over the garden. And as I did, a bright green snake fell off the window shutters and landed inches from my feet. It's kind of funny what goes through your mind in those moments. But I remember saying out loud, that's a pretty green snake. The nuns um, at the same time in the reception area were going crazy, shouting, get back, get back. Fortunately, it seemed the snake was more scared of us and made a bolt for it, climbing straight up the door and squeezing itself out through a gap at the top. It was quite incredible, actually. Afterwards, I asked our host and guide if the snake was poisonous. And I never forget what he said, because it was a brilliant answer. He said, only if it bites you. It's only poisonous if it bites you. 
And do you know what? It's the same with fear and anxiety and panic. It's not that it's not there. We don't live in denial about these things. These things are actually very real. But in Christ, we don't have to let it bite us. It's only poisonous if we let it bite us. How can we let it bite us? Well, by coming into agreement with it. By believing the lies the devil uses through these moments of terror and fear. Things like, you're finished. You're never going to get through this. That's it. This is the end. You're a failure and you'll be ruined and exposed for what you are. You're not good enough. No one loves you. You're rejected. God has let you down. It doesn't work. It will crush you. And you know what? We all fall for it. We all do it. We all let it happen. But you see, the moment we believe the lies, we empower the liar. That's true, humanly speaking. When we believe the lies that others tell of us, we give those people power. But that is especially true when we believe the lies of the devil. Listen, he has no authority of his own. Only that which we give him. So when God commands us not to fear, it's, it's, it's not a rebuke to us. It's an invitation to step into his grace and freedom. The Lord's not shaming us. He's calling us to live free from the poison and know his antidote in our lives. And what is that antidote? What is the antidote to the poison of fear? Well, let me tell you, it's his presence and his promises. Listen again to those great words that we just read. Do not fear. Why? For I am with you. That's his presence. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's his promise, his promises. You see, the antidote when fear strikes is to know afresh his empowering presence and to declare again and again his promises over our life. I'll share a little bit more of that in a moment, but this is actually walking by faith. This is how faith comes over fear. The book of Hebrews reminds us that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And, and you know, this is a gift of God to us, which becomes a powerful force in the very inside of our being. It's God coming into us and stirring us. But do we always feel this? I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't think we all do. Because you see, faith is not primarily feelings. Faith can sometimes stir feelings and emotions very passionately. But you know, faith is not dependent on what we feel. And that's good news because I think this is where some of us get a bit derailed. We kind of wait for the feeling of faith to happen. Oh, I'm waiting, Lord. Come on. I, I just want to be full of faith. I'm just 
hanging around here, Lord, waiting for the faith to come into my life. But the truth is, if we wait to feel faith before we do anything, I think we'll be waiting a lifetime. You see, faith is released by believing and acting, and often in the face of very contrary feelings. In fact, it's often in the face of things that we feel that we would never want to do. Do I feel full of power right now? No. Do I feel the mighty warrior of God that I know he's called me to be? No. But it doesn't stop the truth of who God is and what he has declared working in and through me. And if you've been waiting, I want to say to you, it's time for you to act. If you're waiting to be full of faith, you need to step into faith right now. Because as you do, God meets you as you walk in faith. And this really pleases God. This makes him very happy indeed because it goes on in that same chapter in Hebrews 11. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Wow. <laughs> and so living by faith is this. It's telling the Lord, I heard what you said and so I'm taking hope. I agree with what you said, and so I'm believing. And I'm going to do what you say, because that's faith. Faith is believing what God says and acting in obedience to him. So how do we do that when fear is pressing in all around us? And, I, and, I, and I'm aware right now for some of you, you're very aware of the fears in your life. Maybe you've woken up even today with that sense of anxiety, that sense of panic, or maybe there's things going on right now that you're aware of that are terrifying you. Well, I want to help you today to be living in the freedom that Jesus can bring to you. And, and, and if you're not a Christian, that starts by you putting your hand in his hand. And there's going to be a moment at the end for you to do that. But there are three very important things that I want to remind us of today that can help us walk by faith and not live in fear. So the first thing I want to remind us of is that we should daily remember whose we are. Romans 8.15, that beautiful verse that we read at the beginning, it said, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. In other words, we get to be children of God. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father, Father. I am a child of God. My identity is now defined by Jesus and his acceptance of me. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Doesn't matter what my heritage was. I am now defined as a child of God because of what Jesus has done in my life. His father is now my father and he has poured out his perfect love into my heart. He's revealed to me and to you 
a father who will never let us go, who will never let us down. And we have to remind ourselves daily, who's our dad? I remember when I was at school, very young, we all used to have that little game, you know, whose dad's the best? My dad's stronger than your dad. My dad's faster than your dad. But you know, when it comes to being a child of God, we have the God who rules the universe. Our dad is awesome. Our dad is mighty. And I'm his child. And this God of the universe, this father, he wants fellowship. He wants closeness. He wants us to know his affections for us are great and relentless. We are lavished with divine goodness and generosity. We need to remind ourselves whose we are. 1 John 3, 1 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That is who I am. That is what I am. Sometimes I think we believe we have to come into the presence of God by performing all sorts of spiritual gymnastics. Hours of worship, reading loads of scripture, passionate and prevailing prayer. Do you know all those things are good? There is gifts to us, but they don't bring in that sense his presence. We already have that. They just reveal it to us more. Sometimes, and I found myself doing this more and more, particularly during this period of lockdown, sometimes we just need to sit in his presence and let him love us and we love him back. It's not complicated. It's not sophisticated, but it is just powerful. And some of you need to do that. Maybe you've lost all the routines of your life. Before lockdown, you know, you were disciplined. You had all these kind of things in place. And now it's all fallen apart. Actually, it hasn't because God's got you. And I want to encourage you, if you do nothing else, even today, just take some moments to sit in his presence and let him love you. Let him know who you are. Let him love you with his Great love. Do you know, this sets us free from fear. And it also stops us acting like spiritual orphans. You see, an orphan is someone who doesn't know the safety and protection of a parent or particularly a father. Sometimes when orphans are adopted, they still live with the fear of rejection. They act as if they have to compete for everything. They hold on to food, they snatch and grab because they feel this could be their last blessing. They often cry out for attention. Look at me, look at me. They're afraid they'll lose it all again. And you know, the orphan spirit that so many Christians still have causes us to worry about our provision. Will I have enough? Our protection, who will defend or watch out for me? Our purpose, why am I here? I'm worthless or am I a failure? And, and you know, the lies are endless. But a child of God walks in the revelation that his father is going to provide, going to protect and going to reveal his purpose. And that's all through intimate fellowship.
remind yourself daily whose you are. The antidote to fear is not focusing on your fear. It's focusing upon your identity in Christ. The second thing that we need to do is that we need to declare the goodness of God by declaring the promises of God. Proverbs 18 verse 21 tells us that the tongue has the power of life and death. In other words, what we declare has great power. Declare whatever your feelings and whatever the circumstances you are walking through, the promises of God. That's what I want to encourage you to do. Do you know, again, it's not denying the realities that you're walking through stuff. It's not trying to put mind over matter in a wrong way. It's just recognizing that God's promises are greater than your circumstances. That God's promises to you will prevail whatever fears, whatever things that you are walking through. It's not denying, again, how painful this sometimes is. Do you know what I love about the Bible, and we've looked at some of these characters even over the last weeks, people like Job, people like Elijah, David, Jeremiah, they all declared very openly and sometimes very rawly the emotions that they were feeling as they were walking through all sorts of rubbish in life, the fears that they felt. Sometimes it comes out in very, very brutal terms. But that wasn't where it ended. They also listened and declared the promises of God's goodness. Sometimes you have to stand in the full face of the hurricane that's blowing against you, that's wanting to rip you apart and declare the goodness of God. Sometimes it comes almost as though you're, you're doing it through just holding on by your fingertips. But as you do, you're also reminded that your older brother, Jesus, also stood in the face of the hurricane and declared, peace be still. And he brings that peace into the storms of your life because he is with you. And today, I want to encourage you to take all the promises that you come across in God's word. There are so many. And I want to honestly encourage you to speak them out loud, not to just meditate them. That's good. But to declare them out loud. Declare that you are loved and favored by the God of the universe. Declare it. I am loved and favored by the God of the universe. He's promised good to me. And I will see his goodness in my life today. I declare that in his name. He has promised provision and protection over my life. That doesn't mean I won't have problems. It doesn't even mean that I might not even die. But I will never die eternally. And I will never be separated from his love. And his protection will always be there. And his provision will always be what I need. And so I can declare his breakthrough over my life, even where I'm walking through things that are testing that right now. I can declare today that everywhere I walk, I walk with his favor. And so I will see his kingdom breakthrough in my life. Do you know there are some of you who need to declare these things right now? And I believe as you do, you'll speak life, the words of Jesus, the words of his provision 
into the very circumstances that you're in. I want to just encourage you today. Every promise, declare it aloud. I tell you, it's a fear buster. And it's also you declaring, I'm walking by faith. I'm walking by faith and not sight. I'm walking in faith and therefore I'm walking in victory. It's your promise and you can take it. And the final fear buster is this. Go and do the works of Jesus. Do you know the very thing that the devil wants to stop you doing is the very thing you were called to do. The works of Jesus were the very things that you were called and set apart for on this earth to do. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And then we read that he breathed the Holy Spirit. And that's how we get to do the works of Jesus. But the aim of the enemy is to stop us and paralyze us from doing the very things that we were called to do. And I just want to say to you, please don't let him. Please don't give him the satisfaction of stopping you stepping into the destiny and inheritance that is yours. We get Jesus's assignment to represent or represent the Father to the world. We get to be like our father and our elder brother in the way that we act. We take his name, which is our authority. We take his character, which is our lifestyle. And we take his power, which is our ministry, to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And church, that's not changed. Virus or no virus, we still get to do that. It's interesting, isn't it, that everything that seems to be coming out of the virus at the moment is about depersonalizing, about separating us from being with people, touching people, being able to, to minister to people in the way that I guess we once thought we could. Don't let it stop us. Yes, we have to be wise. We have to be aware of what's happening right now. We can't do things exactly the same way as we could before. We can't lay hands on people the way we once did. We have to wear masks in certain places. That's wise. But it doesn't stop us doing the works of Jesus. And I want to encourage us, whatever circumstances we're in right now, please don't stop releasing the goodness of God through your life. I remember one of our dear sisters here at the church was in a hospital ward having treatment for cancer. Not the greatest of places that you would ever want to be. And yet, you know, in the midst of that ward, she had the opportunities to keep sharing the love of God to all those other people who were around her. She spoke words of life, words of gospel, good news. She ministered to those who were also walking through this dark path of fighting cancer. And in that, she knew the goodness and the joy of God. I still remember that testimony. The lady's probably watching right now and she knows who she is. I want to encourage you, don't let life, don't let fear, don't let anything stop you from doing the things that Jesus has called you to do. We still get to heal the sick. On the green that we're going to be doing open air church on today, we're going to declare the healing power of Jesus. We're going to release it. And you know, we don't stop being good news. There's so much that needs to be released of the kingdom right now. 
justice. Oh, the stuff that's come out of the George Floyd thing. Oh my word. It just goes to show that there's so much in our society that needs to change. And you know what? We get the privilege of being God's solution, God's answer. We release it wherever we go. So whatever you feel, whatever you're feeling right now, some of you are feeling pretty low. I want to say to you, come on, go again. Don't let fear stop you from bringing the kingdom of God through you in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time for us all to stand in the face of the hurricane and declare our God is good and the goodness of God will flow through me into the lives of all around me. I just want to invite you right now, wherever you are, perhaps if you'd like to stand, maybe for some of you, you might like to kneel. I, I find that quite helpful sometimes just to kneel in the presence of God. And I just want to pray. Firstly, I just want to ask, Father, that you would break into the very real circumstances that many are walking through right now. Lord, where there's fear, where there's absolute and utter terror, Lord, I do want to pray that you would say, peace be still. But Lord, I want to say more and more and more, rather than focus on the fear, I pray that people would focus on the antidote, that it's your presence and it's your promises that set us free. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, release freedom. Release freedom into the lives of everyone watching. I want to pray for those who don't know Jesus. Look, you want to know the ultimate solution to fear? It's in him. And when he died on the cross, he broke the power of the devil over your life. He broke every power that stands against you. And as you acknowledge your sin and you say, Lord, I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. He releases you and sets you free. Why don't you do that right now? Why don't you just put your hand into his hand and say, Jesus, I want you. And right now, Father, we declare together, you have promised good over our lives. You say that we get to walk with favor wherever we go and we get to know your blessing in every place. And so, Lord, let that commission us to go again as we bring good news, as we release the works of Jesus in every circumstance. Amen. The Lord bless you guys. Have an amazing week.